All right, Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. I don't think it's into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 120 of the Kiss FAQ Podcast. I'm your host today, Julian Gill, and I am joined by Marcus Almighty. Mark... Greetings. Thank you for joining us again, and St. Louis Kiss, Lonnie, and yes, we have a new face, Jared, Ace Car on the board. Uh, always good to add a new face to the show, so welcome aboard, good to have you. And before we get to your introduction, uh, let's just do a little bit of the, the news and anything of interest. Mark, what you got? Well, I just wanted to give a big thank you first, because uh, yesterday... Uh, Podcast Rock City did their live stream and they had me on last night with them and uh, they were doing a little thing on my Project Gemini album, which I'm sure people have probably been seeing this a hundred thousand times already, but uh, they did a special on it yesterday. They played a couple songs on it in amongst Kiss songs, so that was kind of interesting to hear how it contrasted amongst it. But uh, uh, the funny thing is uh, it went really good. Everybody liked it jody and those guys were great so i wanted to just give a big thank you to jody and to joe there for having me on and uh i hope uh you know to return sometime again so thanks a lot guys it's a good podcast good bunch of guys and they're great guys you know mark since you held up your album cover uh you could put it on a t-shirt like i did the odyssey wow (laughs) yes that's next on my list to do of things to do t-chip they do posters of mugs and all sorts of shit as well but when you when you see your art being bootlegged or not my art nils's art um being bootlegged you do have to get preemptive so before we get into today's topic let's uh talk to you jared a little bit about you your ace car on the kiss faq mass message board i was going to say massage board but that doesn't sound right um you know, <laughs> let's just let's just get a little bit of information about you you know how did you get into kiss and become a fan my first encounter was uh during the creatures era but that was five or six years old at the time i saw a gene poster and my reaction was what the hell is that that was my but my first real reaction with them was probably in the early 90s when I started getting into rock music. First it was Queen, uh, and then that led into Kiss, and I think the first album I ever bought was Double Platinum, and that got me hooked, and then the reunion happened, and here we are. That's nice. You know, Queen, favorite album? Jazz. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. That, that's That's different. I, I'm a guy who got into Queen with um, a kind of magic. So there you go. Love it. Love it. I love the heavier stuff. Um, what's your favorite Kiss album? Creatures. Uh, Eric Carr's drums still blow me away to this day on that album. Heard it who knows how many times. It still blows me away. Uh, great songs front to back. Uh, can't go wrong there. Just too short an album, and I guess the, yeah. the the final question we always put new initiates through is uh, what color Kool Aid do you drink? Who is your favorite <laughs> member of the band? That would be Ace. Oh, Ace blue Kool Aid drinker there. So uh, no one's gonna fault you for that choice. So welcome aboard. We're looking forward to this episode with you. Today's topic is well, it's very topical to be honest. You know, we are going to be talking about Peter Chris, and he's set up his final live performance uh he's going to be doing one for the australian fans in melbourne um 
May the 12th, and I'm I'm going to um a lot as I'm reading off his website to get the information because I cannot memorize shit to save my life. Uh, he's doing the, the expos down there on May the 13th and 14th and his special, you know, final VIP dinner live performance in Australia on the 12th. He's got uh, Sister's Doll as his backing band they've backed up bruce previously and you know they've done a really good job if bruce is going to use a band as a backing group he's going to use decent musicians he's not going to use a bunch of schmucks simple as that even if you haven't heard these people heard of them check them out on youtube and get a feel for them you may not like their music it doesn't mean anything when it comes to them playing other people's material but what makes the australian part of this real uh Australian part of this farewell very special is his longtime collaborator and guitarist Mike McLaughlin is going to be flying in for that performance and uh, accompanying him so that's going to make it very special for the Australian fans come June he'll be in New York City he's going to do the New York City Expo um, the week prior to his farewell performance and I wish I could get that amount of time off because he's going to do a tour of New York, just like they did in L.A., and we've already done our review of the L.A. Chris Expo when, uh, you know, he got on a bus, he's singing Beth with everyone, taking them throughout Los Angeles to all the Kiss hotspots. He's going to do the same in New York, and that's the hometown. I don't think they're going to get out onto the island, uh, you know, and this is where the Daisy used to be or any of that, but... <laughs> How many sites are there in New York? Just imagine Peter Chris giving you a guided tour. So our topic today comes out of that, and it's his farewell performance. Obviously, I want to do a caveat right at the top of the show. Say, we have no inside information about how Peter is going to put together his farewell performance. We don't know what he's thinking, what he's planning. From the sounds of it, he's doing a VIP dinner, which is special. A small group of people that kind of fits in with what I think about with Peter is he's an emotional cat. He wants a small group. He doesn't want it to be 100,000 people at Madison Square Garden. He wants it personal. He wants it intimate. And it's going to be very exclusive. So that's all I can gather out of that. How's he going to do it? Who the hell knows? I'm going to find out. I'm going. So I'm, I, I'm really excited, i got to say, about it. So our question today is, what would you like him to perform for you were you the one giving him a set list? And I don't want to have anyone, there have been people on the board saying, well, he hasn't performed since 2003. He's never done a solo show. Well, he has done. He did a lot of touring in the early 90s. He's, he can carry a show, no problem whatsoever. So put that shit to the side and don't bag on the Catman. He can do it, especially if he's motivated. So what did you really want to see? And let's just talk a little bit about format when we get started. Um, Lonnie. Let's talk about the atmosphere. You walk into Peter Chris's farewell, let's say, what would you like to see? I mean, I'm going to be getting a sit-down dinner, a performance, and an after show. How would you envisage it going down for you? You know, I'd like to see it in in two different sets. I mean, um, one set with Peter just singing. Um, maybe like half the songs, Peter just sitting on a, on, maybe like on a bar stool up front or, or standing um, in the front, just singing kind of like, you know, kind of like almost like what Ringo Starr kind of does even. Ringo Starr is a famous drummer, but you know what? He's, you know, he's up front and you see him, you don't see him in the back all the time anymore. So, and, and 
you know, and Peter is 71 years old, and, you know, Julian was just mentioning that, well, Peter can't carry a show anymore. You know what? Peter can do a show just fine. He doesn't have to be all 14 songs pounding away on the drums. He can still carry a show just fine without having to do that. So I would do two sets, one with Peter in the front, um, <laughs> whether whether they want to go an acoustic route or whether they just want to go a straight rock route, just Peter in the front and just singing a lot of the classic Kiss songs that he sang. Not necessarily playing the drums at the same time, just singing those songs. And then another set, and then come back into another set with Peter behind the kit um, to, to finish things out. That That's a really nice idea. Before I get into the sound, song selection, that's the kind of format I, yeah. I would like to see. I think would be pretty cool. It would kind of feature Peter, you know, in two different ways. Excellent. Jared, how about you? When you think about Peter doing a final performance, what do you envisage? I don't envision him doing uh, anything behind the kit. Uh, I want this to be a Peter Chris solo show, something that he's probably always wanted to do, um, and that's be a front man. Don't know if he can do it or not, but I think he can for a show. And um, like Lonnie said, I kind of want it to be a mixture of rock and kind of at the end, maybe sit down on a stool and do a couple of intimate songs, that sort of thing. But uh, nothing behind the kit, just Peter up front with the mic and have the band behind him. And there you go. That's what I want. Nice. I, I totally agree with you. I don't think he needs to hold a drumstick. He just needs to hold a microphone. Mark, what about you? Well, I totally disagree. So this no. is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what I think is gonna. I should. Well, this is what I'd like to see happen. I and I've been and I've talked about this a few times when we've discussed these kinds of different kinds of shows to do. I'd really like to see him do sort of like a storytellers format where he comes in with the band, they set up, you know, they get Eddie Trunk to co-host it with him, right, to come out, right, and just but to have him there to do the important bits like they'll play like a couple of songs off the top get him to drum too because I think people that's what people remember Peter Chris for they remember him for his drumming they don't really remember him too much for his singing of course maybe because of Beth yeah they do but mainly whenever you hear people talk about Peter Chris they talk about the 100,000 years drum solo and stuff like that and all those kinds of things so that's also his strength as well right so I kind of would like to have it where he comes in plays a couple songs he comes up out from behind the kid out front with a chair there, talks with whoever's hosting. It doesn't have to be Eddie Trunk, it could be somebody else. And they talk about maybe how the songs are written, his memories about the songs, you know, why he feels it's special to him, these songs, or what his memory was when they wrote it. And then go back, play a couple more songs, and keep that format because people, I think, will be interested in his memories about the songs and his memories about maybe when they were touring and stuff like that because you don't get that chance too often to have that in the same situation with the music and his thoughts. And I think lots of people would enjoy that. You know, that's, that's a beautiful idea. And I, I, I got to say, when I kind of go into my vision of how I would love to see him do this, I considered the storyteller aspect of this. I thought it'd be wonderful for him to have a set of songs and for him to intro all of them. And then I thought, hell no, he's emotional. He's a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve, and were he to stop in between songs and start telling us about them, I think we could get bogged down very quickly and kill the set 
and you know he would be remembering things he might you know need a teleprompter to help to help him you know remember bullet points about the songs to keep him on track because it's not something he's done I wouldn't want a storytellers you know if anything I would want them to you know hire a few cameras and film the set and then do you remember Ace Vision Volume 1 the interview segment in the middle of the freaking show oh yeah yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. to do something like that with Peter that you could hit you know put out a DVD of it and you could hit uh, like a button on it for the audio commentary and it cuts into a Peter interview this is my memories of this song this is why it's in my farewell set list and all that and then you could play the whole interview straight through you know as a separate track on the DVD so I wouldn't want that in the actual show because it would just kill it all all I I actually think about this show as a, as a paying customer is that I go in and it represents Peter I I really don't have a whole lot of opinion I'm trying to stay away from it so I'm not going I asked you guys the questions and you've answered it I'm not going to answer it I'm going to say I'm going to take whatever he gives me as that performance because he will have put thought into what it means to say farewell for himself rather than you know me trying to get it my way do i have have a way i would love him to do it yeah i'd like him to take the symphony route i'd like him to do act one act two act three one rock one acoustic one maybe with a little bit of string however you want to do that hire phil ashley or you know who's the other kiss uh uh, I'm sorry, Gary. I should fucking know that off the top of my head, but there you go. So get one of the keyboard guys to kind of help out. Let's get into the top of your set. Um, so, song number one, and if you've got a way about how you're structuring it, tell me straight up. And uh, I'm going to try and cut in as much audio for the kind of more interesting stuff. But if you're saying Mainline Strange Ways, Nothing to Lose, Black Diamond, I'm not playing that stuff because I'll get flagged by Universal. Solani, let's go to you. First um, I have it starting up with him doing going back to my my uh, train of thought was with him out front to start it and just singing a lot of his classic songs. So Julian's not going to get to play any audio right off the bat from me anyway because I have him starting with Hard Luck Woman. Um, not a song he wrote, but a song that he's very very fam- famous for. How would you have him do that? Would you have him with a, you know, the electric version, or would you have him acoustic, or would you even, you know, have it presented in some different format, maybe with ensemble? I, I'm only going to think about the the smaller type of orchestra. No one's going to hire yeah. a forty piece for a farewell. Right. Event. You know, I, I really like the idea of of an acoustic version of Hard Luck Woman. I think that's when it really sounds the best. And like on that MTV Unplugged, with some of you know songs that were cut, Paul singing that just sounds great. It just sounds, the band playing that, and them just kind of really loose playing that just sounds, <laughs> the song sounds fantastic. So I would go with an acoustic version, maybe Peter sitting on a bar, bar stool with, you know, a bass player and a couple of guitar players just singing Hard Look Woman to start things off. I think that'd be a, a very classy way to begin things with a well-known song, you know, acoustically. Mike McLaughlin with maybe a 12-string guitar. I mean, could knock that up. I mean, look how good the song sure. was on Unplugged, like you said, with Paul singing it. Always scratches mm-hmm. my head why that wasn't with Peter, but there you go. Jared, what yeah. about some of your first picks for this uh, performance? Well, I've got it divided up um, into different 
portions, if you will. And the first uh, portion I have is the rock portion. Nice. So um, I have him with his backing band. And the first song I chose was uh, Bad Attitude off of his Cat Number One album. Um, I think that'd be a nice opener. A uh, little bit of heavy guitar in that. Something to get the crowd going. It's it's yeah. a it's a good song and not one we hear very often. So I'm just going to play right. a, a little bit of that right now because I just ripped the Chris uh, EP oh well, the EP and Cat Number One today. Right. So here's a few seconds mm-hmm. of Bad Attitude. So let's move on from there. That's a touch of Bad Attitude from Cat Number One. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out if that was on the EP because my playlist doesn't tell me. Uh, no, Cat Number One, 1994. Mm-hmm. Mark, what's your first pick for today's set? So I, like Jared, I kind of divided mine up. I didn't do 14 songs. I did mine in 12. So I did them in sections of like four or three sections, like four sets of three. And uh, the first set of three were solo material stuff. The next set of three were Kiss songs. The next set of three were solo material again, but more, you know, later on. And uh, the last was like the kind of like the best of Kiss stuff. So the to start the set, much like Jared, I took something from Cat One. I wanted to start something off that was you know not expected, but something lyrically that would you know kind of reflect on his feelings about you know how he felt about his career and i wanted to play good times from cat one nice let's play a little bit of that and Mm -hmm. then tell tell us why that's a cool tune actually you know that's a good song yeah yeah, I, I kind of felt that it would be it's sort of like a reflective song and maybe at this point of his career he's probably thinking back on things, how his career went and how, you know, just how he met so many different people throughout his career and maybe it's a good song to start off it isn't too hard hitting over the head right away, just something to kind of ease people into it. Yeah, that's a, that's a really nice story. I mean, one thing he said in the interview that I think it's Rockpile has a recent interview with him uh, talking about these farewell shows and one of the things that he's commented on is that all these rock stars are dying and he wants the opportunity to do it his way to say his farewell so i mean good times i i don't think that even registered with me when i was thinking about my list that's a fantastic one because of the subject matter my first song is the first Peter Chris solo song I ever heard. And back when I became a fan in 85, it took me a few years to find the Peter Chris 78 solo album. I finally traded someone for this uh, you know, cassette that looked like it had been chewed on by an angry dog. And I remember sitting in my locker, I had my Walkman back when we had headphones that actually looked like this, and you know, putting that tape deck in, and the first song was... <laughs> so i'm gonna love you 
uh, you know, first song off the album. And to this day, I love it. it you know, was it Kiss-like? Hell no. You know, was it completely... Did it make me think that this cat is a little bit different than the other guys? Well, yeah, because I'd heard all their solo albums first, and then I finally hear Peter's, and I'm getting a whole different sort of music than I can actually appreciate at the time. It's only 30 years later, you know, that I can actually listen to Peter's album now and really groove with it. I mean, it's it's a whole different vibe. You're in a whole different headspace, and it told me more about the cat as an artist than perhaps uh you know you realize with him behind the kit so i'm gonna love you it's one of my my top peter chris songs anyway so kick off a set with that peter i'll be happy guy lonnie let's get back to you for some more picks all right again i'm in the acoustic thing starting out um so after hard luck woman i have him going into don't you let me down um 78 i just think that'd be different probably a song we've never heard live before the song that Obviously, people in attendance are going to be very, very familiar with if you're, you know, um, going to Peter Chris's final performance. So, I think just be an interesting, interesting take to hear that um, performed acoustically, and it's, it's a good song. Yeah, they could totally rearrange that for an acoustic performance. That'd be very mm-hmm. cool. Jared, let's get on to you for another pick. I'm keeping with the rock theme, uh, and uh, I'm pulling something off of "Let Me Rock You." It's a song called "Some Kind of Hurricane." And uh, it's very 80-ish, the sound is uh, on the record, but I think they can modern it up and put a little more punch to it and keep that rock uh, flow going. Uh, So I think it's a cool second song. Yeah, criminally underrated album in my not-so-humble opinion. I love Let Me Rock You. I remember finding that for the first time on cassette when I was living in Singapore, and I was like so thrilled as I'd never heard it. I'd only heard that it existed. So let's uh, play a few seconds of that. And that's a Russell Ballad song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just made me think I've got the original Russ uh, seven inch single of that because he didn't put that out on an album. Um, great song, good pick. Again, one I totally would never have thought of putting in. Mark, <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, so for my second pick, I went as well to the '78 solo album, and uh, actually my second and third song are both off of that. But the second song is actually one of the songs that has grown on me the most since I was listening to this record because it just like a lot of other people this was the album that it took the longest for me to get into from all the four solo records obviously so um, but the one that really started to grow on me for whatever reason is You Matter to Me and I really think that that song is something that they could uh, do full band nicely you know maybe even have some foreign players in there I think it would work nice and if you've ever had the uh, single, you still matter to me. The, the misprint, of course. <laughs> you know, that's probably the most disco-sounding track on that album. I'm, I'm sure Neil Bogart got absolutely thrilled when he heard this. He's probably thinking about a 17-minute version of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Neil. Uh, okay, so g- moving on to my set list. My second song is Strange Ways. 
straight into the Kiss stuff. Obviously, Ace in 74 did not want to do any vocals. And it's just such an iconic vocal. Peter Chris is perfect on Strange Ways. So that's my first Kiss pick for that. So, Lonnie. Um, I go from Don't You Let Me Down, keeping with 78 solo album, into Easy Thing off 78. Just, again, it's in keeping with kind of the theme I have going of the acoustic, nice, upfront. Peter Chris is showcasing himself. Easy Thing off 78. I think it just fits into the, the mix I have going very well at this point anyway. Yeah, straight back to the King's Lounge. And we're going to pause for a commercial break here. Look off, no free advertising, Budweiser. That is cat piss. Uh, <laughs> wow. That's a terrible thing to say. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. It is Anheuser-Busch St. Louis, isn't it? <laughs> Lottie, I, I, I'll just hang up on you now, Lottie. Jared, let's go to you for your next fix. I went the, the obscure route here, but uh, it is available on YouTube. I checked. It's a demo that he did in, uh, I think, 82 or so. It's called Rock and Roll Survivor. And uh, what better way to describe Peter than Rock and Roll Survivor? I mean, that's, you know, that should have been the title of this book, actually, in my opinion, Rock and Roll Survivor. But uh, it's uh, something I discovered on YouTube a couple of years ago, and it just uh, kind of a bluesy kind of song, kind of reminded me of Tossin' and Turnin' a little bit, that kind of vibe. Um, but I think, again, they can maybe... Uh, modern it up a little bit and uh, uh, make it more rock. Yeah, it always struck me. I think one of the early titles for his uh, book was actually Kiss and Tell, and obviously yeah. that did not work out, so, or Kiss and Make Up, and here's a bit of Rock and Roll Survivor. <laughs> Damn. I mean, his his vocals. Yeah, I love his vocals there. It's so Bob Seger. You know, it's it's what is great about Peter Chris's gravelly kind of gray voice. You know, it's it's right there. Mark, let's go on to one of your next picks. Well, it's interesting. uh, Jared and I are sort of running in parallel with our ideas here because I also picked a song that I think that would uh, sort of reflect his love of a certain type of music being rock and roll and uh it's also another song that i really have loved a lot more now from the 78 album and that's hooked on rock and roll um i thought that i've always loved that line you know vaccinated with a victrola needle i always thought that was pretty uh pretty neat thing to put into a lyric and pretty pretty uh pretty smart actually so i thought that that's a good song to describe his love of rock music in general and i thought it would fit in with the set list pretty nicely you know, what I like about that pick, uh, Hooked on Rock and Roll and Don't You Let Me Down, is they are both, of course, 
lips or Chelsea demos. So they take Peter's story back to his beginning. It would fit in very nicely with the storyteller's kind of scenario mm. where he could tell us, you know, I, I don't know what his relationship with Stan Penridge was at the time Stan died, but, you know, it would be great for, you know, to hear from the cat's mouth, you know, how these songs kind of came together and, you know, ended up on his solo album, other than the, you know, obvious story that we've kind of been given as KISS fans is that he didn't have any material. Well, what was, what, what's it from Peter's take, you know, that's not in the book because he skirted over a whole bunch of that sort of information that I would have loved to have had. So, second, second bite of the cherry to give me what I want, Peter. All right, so my next one is like Jared's. It's a demo, and it is one of my all-time guilty pleasures, and... I'll just let it speak for itself because it's a little bit 80s disco and it's Could It Be Love. That song, sorry, Lonnie. Good vocals. Good vocals on that one. You know, it's good vocals. You know, you know, that's an outtake from the album. It was fully recorded. There's a demo version of it as well. When I was getting into collecting seriously in the 90s and I first heard that, it, I get the same reaction now because the Out of Control album is, again, it's one of my guilty pleasures. I can listen. I'm going to be listening to that album tomorrow when I'm driving up to Reno simple as that it's just a good road album i love his vocals and you know these 80 and 82 solo albums didn't get any recognition so no one's gonna fucking care um i do i i really dig them so that was my next pick lonnie obviously we need to uh be brought back on to path so bring us back well um sticking with your love for the 1980 album though my next one is there's nothing better um I think it'd be kind of cool acoustically. Um, first time I heard that song was actually a demo of it, even before I had Out of Control. And it sounds, I like the demo version of it even better than what's on the album, but it's a great song. And it's just, it's classic Peter Chris to me, again. Here's a little bit of the remix version of There's Nothing Better, because I can't find the demo right now. <laughs> Nope, there's nothing better than you. Good pick, Lonnie. Jared, Good. let's move on to another one of yours. And uh, staying with Out of Control, I'm wrapping up the locked portion of my set list with the title track, Out of Control. Um, I think uh, most fans would recognize that song, um, and I think that's a good way to close out that portion of the, of the uh, show. So I don't have any sound coming out. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Now 
All right, so a little bit of out of control there. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time playing this stuff, but just a little bit of a taste. Yeah, great, great song. You, you know, I never understood why that wasn't on Dynasty. You know, they, they went with uh, Dirty Living, which I guess is kind of like Hooligan Part 2. But Out of Control, I mean, that was a little bit of a better song, structurally mm-hmm. and in terms of the story. So doesn't make any sense to me, but there you go. Mark. Okay, so now we get to the first time they start playing some Kiss stuff. So obviously you're not going to be able to play anything here from this. Um, but I have him kind of sitting down before he plays this and talks about how he first kind of met the guys and the first couple of rehearsals that they had and talking about the one song that he really loved immediately playing with them and a song that he still has been saying to this day that he really loves playing all the time and that's Strutter. So I have him doing that next and uh, his first introduction to a Kiss song that he plays at this final show. And again, Straight in with the storyteller side of things. Perfect. Great choice. Mine comes off. My next one uh, is going to come off. Let me rock you. And it's move on over. It's not just his vocals on that song that kind of get me. It's the background vocals. You know, it's kind of fusing rock with R&B. Yeah, it's a real hybrid. So, always like that one. Lonnie? Um, I go into, from there, where am I at? I go into Good Times from there. We already had that one. But it's a good, it's a good song. It would fit, acoustic, fit in good with the acoustic thing that I have in the first half of his set. Good song off of Chris Scott One. Nice. We've already played a little bit of that, so Jared. Yeah. And now I'm uh, moving on to the Kiss portion of the show. And uh, this is purely for selfish reasons, because this is my favorite Peter Kiss song, is Baby Driver. Uh, I don't know if any... I just want to hear him do Baby Driver. That's the only reason I chose that. Yep, nice. It's it's on my set list as well, so I won't have to visit that later. Thank goodness. Uh, you know, it it, it kind of stands out. I got to say, I want to hear the Gene yeah. vocal demo of that one of these days. Yeah. But uh, you know, rock and roll over with that production. Fantastic song, Mark. How about you? So, at this point, I, I have him kind of chatting about how he had certain little relations with people within the Kiss world there, and how. Sometimes he would get on different people's songs and sing them, namely Ace Freely's material. And uh, so after he discusses how his little, you know, teamwork with him worked, I would get them to play Getaway, uh, something that they don't play too often, and I don't think that uh, would probably be too expected to hear at this point. But I'd really love to hear him do that song. It's not too long. It's straight to the point, and I think that he could even probably sing it and drum it, I think, at this point, still. Yeah, it, it's a pretty simple song, isn't it, musically yeah. Yeah, and lyrically, but it's just it's a good song. It's a good song, short and sweet, nothing too complex yeah. about it. Wouldn't mind hearing him say, sing that either. I'm going to go into... It's Chris Cat number one. And what I always liked about this song was kind of the story it ties in with when Peter was allegedly living under a pier. 
and mm. was homeless. And he put this song on cat number one, and it is. So listen up, Simmons. Bad people burn in hell. Wow, wow. <laughs> you, you know, I, I just kind of got got the feeling that he was, uh, you know, throwing it all out there. Um, there was a lot of anger. There's a lot of energy in that song. And it, it, it really took Peter about as far as he went towards, you know, the really hard edge of rock in one song. But also for it to have the poignancy that he had been hurt. He'd been wounded at a time in his life that was very challenging for him uh, with the passing of a loved one to have all that shit going on in the star while he was uh, burying a loved one again it's uh, one of those storyteller moments but I think one that has to be a chapter in the final book of his final performance Lonnie um, talking about a bad part of his life uh, I went with Blue Moon Over Brooklyn the song he wrote for his mom I think, I, I think that's a song we are definitely going to get I think it really hits home, close to home with Peter. Uh, <coughs> he's very close to his mom and was very distraught when when her passing occurred. So, Blue um, Moon over Brooklyn's managed. It's a good song. Uh, good song. Damn good song. And also a great performance by Peter. So, holy shit. I mean, he had an angel on his shoulder singing that one, that's for sure. Jared, let's move on to what are your next picks? Uh, keeping with the uh, Kiss portion of the show, I'm going with another song that uh, I selfishly want to hear. And I also think it'll be a song that uh, Peter slash Kiss fans would love to hear. It's Mainline. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that would be one of those surprise songs that people would just lose their shit over if they heard it. You know, so that's why that's the, my next song. Good pick. Can't go wrong with any of nice. that stuff. So Mark. Yeah. So the last, uh, kiss one from this portion of the set, um, is actually a song that I've always liked. Um, and it's always reminded me of downtown New York city for some reason. Well, probably because of the feel of the song and, it also reminds me of some really cheesy 70s uh, cop shows as well. Um, but uh, I think that it's also important that he play this song because it kind of represents the last song that he did on a Kiss record, which is Dirty Living. So I think that uh, that's always a pretty catchy song, uh, one that Kiss hardly... Well, they never played it live, so for him to do it would be something that would be very much a surprise for... Peter Chris fans and Kiss fans alike, so I'd love to hear that. Very nice. Again, great nice. pick. The next section in my set list, I mean, we've talked about Baby Driver already, uh, Blue Moon over Brooklyn's in there. I, so I guess my next one's got to be, that's the kind of Sugar Papa likes, which goes back to, again, the 
the pre-kiss stuff that was reused i always liked that song early on when i was 14 that was one of my favorites off the album it you know it was one of the few kind of straight rock and roll songs that you could uh kind of get into the rest of it was kind of difficult to deal with Okay, so enough of that part. You know, it's just a good rock and roll song. Lonnie? Um, closing out the acoustic part of my set list, I have, um, for the last song of that, the last song off of Peter's solo album from 78, I Can't Stop the Rain. Uh, I would love to hear him do I Can't Stop the Rain. It'd be absolutely freaking fantastic. Um, can't say anything. I could stop you talking. <laughs> you did. It's okay. I'm good at interrupting, so it's fine. Cut me off once in a while. <laughs> that wish curse the goddamn sky, right? That'd be, that'd be fantastic. You know, so I would end the I would end the acoustic part of my set on a really high note with that song. It'd get really get a rise out of the crowd before he took a break and came back behind the set. You're the you're the first one to bring that one up, and when I am kind of asked to think about the one song I would love Peter Chris to perform at his farewell concert, that's the first song that pops into my head. It is by far the very best Peter Chris vocal he has ever captured for me. It is also an incredible song lyrically. Everything about it is just utter perfection. I would want it with an ensemble. I would want it as part of the set where he's got strings and horns. You know, they're going to do Beth as the very last song. I think we can all agree on that before we even get to that part of this show. Mm -hmm. Um, Beth will be the last song that Peter Chris ever performs live. It ought to be. Simple as that. But right before that is going to be I Can't Stop the Rain because... Fuck me, it's just perfect. So, and you know what though? Another thing is, it kind of important to that song is important too because it kind of ties in with uh, Sean Delaney and his association with him as Mm -hmm. well, right? Oh, without a doubt. And you know, when I was thinking about my set list, I I was going, well, how do we put Sean in there? Because Sean was there at the beginning, really. You know, when Kiss started to transform from an idea into reality. It wouldn't be there without Sean. I mean, he he brought the choreography into the into the whole deal. He you know basically saved Peter's ass on his '78 solo album. And how many songs did he co-write with the band, regardless of how insane his stories became in his later part of his life about basically he was Kiss. Uh, <laughs> you know, Sean Delaney is an important part of Peter Chris's life and musical career. So gotta be there and i don't think we're gonna have what the hell is that out i can't think of it now the one outtake from peter chris's album that didn't uh it was on... oh spotlights and lonely yeah. nights spotlights and Lon- I, I don't see him doing that but uh, i can't stop the rain would certainly be wrong so now where were we Who, whose go was it was it jared was it jared you? jared yeah that was yeah. i can't stop the rain was lonnie's pick I think um, me and Mark are on the same page because I have Dirty Living as my uh, next <laughs> song. Um, 
absolutely love it. Um, I would like to hear a story behind it if Peter can remember anything from back then. That would be really nice. Because like Mark said, it was his last uh, song he did with the band. So I think that would be uh, in a rare song. They haven't played it live. So I think it goes along uh, well with Mainline. So that's my pick. That's a great pick indeed. So Mark, let's go back to you for your next one. So now we're back into the kind of looking at the solo stuff for Peter. And uh, I picked something off of Out of Control for this point. Um, and again, I kind of thought that it would be nice for him to talk about this song because I, while it may not be topically written specifically about this, I think they can draw parallels to him leaving Kiss and with this song, which is My Life, right? Which he can maybe talk about of what happened with his life after he left Kiss. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those songs, again, where, you know, it may not be my favorite song off of that album but i think it's it would be something that would translate well in this kind of a setting and again in this sort of format he can really talk about it and put some background to it That is, I, the guitar on that song is, I love that tone, always have, even before I could play guitar. So, <laughs> good pick. Um, so we've done, you know, Blue Moon. <coughs> mine's actually, my, my next one's going to be a Kiss pick, Nothing to Lose. And, you know, I, I almost kind of wish that he doesn't perform this live. He instead says turns around to a big video screen behind him and says, let this speak for itself and play Winterland if they did it, I can't remember off the top of my head, but you know, any yeah. 70, 74 to 76 from video, that time frame. Yeah, from, from that time frame of him doing nothing to lose, behind the kit singing his balls off you know, just manic it, it's such a visual it's such an integral part of the live album that I would like him to do nothing to lose and it, to go into the video of his solo his classic 75 solo pure phaser everything that goes into making that what it is because I don't want him to get behind a kit and try and recreate that moment because you can't go back in time 96 proves that you know he did a great facsimile of it but you know, it was slower, more pedantic. Tribal. More, yeah, tribal. Yeah, it was always very tribal, you know, but it had just slowed down to the part that it was the tribe, the tribal part of it was all that was left. You go back and listen to any yeah. 70s bootleg, you know, even that most recent Fort Worth 77 show and listen to the solo in that. And Peter Chris is a better drummer than he's given credit for. In a live setting, he may not be a great technical drummer, but in, term of, in terms of emotion and feel and performance, he's everything as good as anyone else was in the 1970s for what he gave in that drum solo. So I'd rather he just let the, the, the video do the talking for Nothing to Lose and the drum solo. Lonnie? That's really good. Um, I go into the rock portion, and I go with Baby Driver. We've already said that, but 
I think Baby Driver would just be kick-ass to hear him sing that. You know, he's never sung it, I don't believe, in a live setting, so be a great way to, to, to start off the rock portion of, of my set list. Great pick. Jared? Another song that's already been mentioned, uh, I Can't Stop the Rain. Just, I had that uh, wrapping up the Kiss portion of my uh, set list. Uh, I'm glad that everybody loves that song. Cause it's, it's such a great song. We've talked about it. It's a perfect way for, for uh, to me for him to end his uh, Kiss portion of his career, shall we say. <clears throat> great pick again. Yeah, I, I think it's unanimous on that. Mark? Mm-hmm. So uh, the next one from his solo record is off of a Let Me Rock You. Now this is a song that I really come to enjoy a lot more over the years, and I think the guitars on this are really, really good. I was surprised the more I listened to it, the more the guitars I find catchier and catchier. And I also think it'd be interesting for him to talk about how after he was out of Kiss that he still had ties to some of the members because one of the members of Kiss actually wrote this song, which is Feels Like Heaven, right? So um, I think that's an interesting song. Uh, I think it would be a good one for him to talk about again and a good one for him to play. baseline in that and of course cut for the elder originally <laughs> Simmons <laughs> Lottie's like oh fucking hell Julie bad <laughs> <laughs> <That> as <is> me <laughs> oh, Jesus it, sometimes you just gotta do it but great pick and of course you know the story the only solo album song that he performed with Balls of Fire you know his the mid 80s band that he was involved with in California so it would make a great story, would be a great performance piece. We get into my part of the set where I've now brought out an ensemble. You know, he'd really gotten a kick out of performing with the symphony for Beth that I can only see him wanting to kind of try and capture that feel again and how special it was for him to be on stage in front of an audience backed by something other than Memorax. So I've talked about, we've already mentioned I Can't Stop the Rain, you know, that, that falls into this section. Beth, of course, is the last song. But the first song in this would be a orchestral accompaniment for By Myself. You know, because that gives him an opportunity to say, you know, it was obviously his first post-Kiss solo single, as well as, you know, maybe having his, uh, you know, guitarist in Australia, that'd be Mike, and can't remember the name of the chap for New York, you know, accompany him with the symphony backing. You know, it, it took a lot of guts for him to leave Kiss. He didn't know what he was going to be getting into, and obviously things did not work out as he would have hoped with everything that was going on at Polygram, Phonogram, Casablanca at the time. You know, it was all a bit of a disaster, but um, a another very good storyteller situation. Lonnie, next. Very nice. Um, again, we're getting in the songs. We've probably, we're starting to run on top of each other, but I went with Bad People Burn in Hell. <clears throat> in my rock portion of it 
good song. Um, cool. I saw him do that when he toured with Ace in 95. It was awesome when he did it live then, so I'd like to hear him try to belt that out one more time. It'd be awesome. Lucky bastard, you saw him in 95. I did. Mm. People don't believe me. How'd you get into a club? Like, I only played an all-ages place when he came here in 95. Yeah, so how did you get Weird. into a club? You, what, were you like 12 years old? I was like 15, but he, it was an all-ages show. Nice. Jared. Really cool. Now I'm moving into the uh, intimate portion of his show where he's going to sing songs about his family uh, and himself. And uh, the first one I'm going with is uh, off Let Me Rock You, and it's a song about his daughter, uh, Jimmy Lee. That's and, a, uh, another very deep demo. Yeah. yeah. Something that... Joey's got to look for that one. Right. <laughs> Maybe he's sitting on a stool or something with a mic and singing that one. So that's what I have him doing next. You know, if you give me five more seconds, I'll actually find that. <laughs> um, okay, so, it's here, on YouTube. so here we go. Which version do you want? Do you want the guitar version or do you want the piano version? I'm going to pick mm. the guitar one for you. Pitch is all fucked up on that uh, one of mine on YouTube. Maybe someone bothered to correct it. I gotta say, deep cuts from Jared. I like it. I, yeah, very deep cuts. For. A lot of them. I love how he's going into the back end of the catalog. You know, wow. ties in nicely with nothing to lose. Going through the back door. So, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna get my shield up for this one because I have a feeling I'm gonna get egged by many people for this selection, but. I'm, I'm telling you now, I only picked this song because I have this voice going into my head here saying, he's going to play this. You know he's going to play this, well, what right? what is it? And I keep thinking to myself, I really hope he doesn't for the people that are there, but I have a feeling sending the clowns is going to happen. No. I think, no, no. I think he's going to do it. I think he will do it at that show. So I think that's what's going to be the last song of the solo set here that he does before he gets into the Kiss stuff again. No. Oh, Mark, you're breaking my heart. You know, when I was getting ready to record this show today, I'm like, I want to have one song playing in the background while I introduce this topic. And that was the song. <laughs> you were the first one to go to that album. <laughs> and the next song on my list is from that album, too, because ah! I, re I really don't think we can go through a Peter Chris set without representing one for all it it's had a lot of abuse rightfully or not you know it's all in the ear of the beholder when you think about where peter's heart was in executing any of these songs i don't think anyone could criticize anything you know it, again it comes down to the emotions that he was doing the very best he could to represent the songs i want to hear him do one song from that album and it is faces in the crowd by the people Alright, so it's autobiographical. It's him behind the kit, looking out at the audience and trying to put into words what he feels from the audience. 
and it, it just seems such a perfect song for him to have include. And I'd love to hear the strings in the background again. I like to hear the acoustic guitar accompanying him, the strings behind him, him in key singing the song. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I don't care. I do not care because if he's not in key and he's singing it from the heart, then it's the message that he's delivering with the lyrics that he wrote and what he's trying to tell us that's more important to me than the um, maybe Bob Bezra boot camp correct version of the song that could possibly be done. Lonnie, back to you. Back to me. I went with Out of Control next. I'm um, off 1980s um, album with the same title. Just Again, just like um, There's Nothing Better, I heard the demo of Out of Control before I heard the album, before I heard the uh, version that ended up on the album, and I still like that one too, better to this day. Maybe it's just because it's the first version I heard of it, but um, it's a good song. I'd like to hear Peter do it one more time. Nice. Can't complain at that. Jared? Well, we had a song about Peter's daughter, and that song would be about Peter's mother, Blue Moon Over Brooklyn. We already talked about that. So, uh, that's it's a good pick. Yeah. Great song. I mean, like Lonnie said, he's going to do it. Um, and I think it'd be, I think it'd be great to have a, a section of the of the uh, set list where he's singing songs about his family. That'd be really cool. Great pick again, Mark. Are you out of picks? I mean, have, have nope. you have you gotten to Beth? Nope. He's getting down there though. He's only did twelve. No, so I'm on song ten, which All is right. now we're on the three Kiss songs. Now this is these three Kiss songs are. Kiss songs that are just as famously tied to him as they are to Kiss, I think. So, the first song I picked for this part of the set is Nothing to Lose, because I think a lot of people, when they think of Nothing to Lose, they think of Peter in that, you know, that R&B-ish kind of singing that he does there in the choruses, which I think is just so signature for him, right? So I think that that's a really uh, good pick for him to do Again, we talked about this already, but I really think that this song is just as much tied to him as it is to Kiss. So, Again, very good pick. Nice. We've already covered all of the songs in my set list, in my 14-song set list, other than one. And I threw a cover into mine, one that he's never recorded, one that he's I don't think he's even talked about, but he has talked about the artist. And it's Frank Sinatra. And when we're talking about Peter Chris performing his last ever you know performance I think of my way and Frank that's nice Julian because what's better for Peter Chris than kind of that 50s crooner you know 40s 50s that he grew up with I mean on One for All, he did What a Difference a Day Makes, uh, you know, which goes back to that era, his youth, the stuff that he would have heard on the radio. He would have heard Frankie. I mean, we, we know that he was given a Frank Sinatra box set that you know, mm-hmm. he, he talked about. Was it Second Coming or yeah. you know, something yeah. during Second the, coming, yeah. you know, the reunion? So mm-hmm. we know Frankie resonates with him. And my way is 
just such a damn good song that I, I think if he's going to be performing Beth with you know an ensemble, maybe I can't stop the rain. He's got to throw in my way as a way of summing up what he's doing that evening. And he said, "I didn't write this myself." but it represents everything that I'm feeling today, that I am bowing out of the limelight my way and getting to say goodbye to you all in my own way. So Frank Sinatra, my way, sung by Peter cool. Chris with his fantastic freaking voice with the Frankie arrangement rather than the Pistols one, which I love doing in karaoke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, only, I only will do two songs when I do karaoke. My way. And uh, Suspicious Minds, both by Sid Vicious. And that's... <laughs> <laughs> Can't mess it up. That's that's my excuse, and it's always fueled by a way lot of beer. So, Lonnie, back right, yeah. to you. All right. Um, I went with Getaway as my next pick. Um, just, again, classic Peter Chris song up from those first albums. Great classic Peter Chris vocals. I mean, just the, the screaming vocals that he's famous for. I'd love to hear him do that um, one last time. Just good, straightforward rock and roll. Jared, where are we up to in your set? Uh, I've got uh, two, three more songs, unless you count Beth. <laughs> I mean, you know, everybody's going to put Beth. We're all waiting for that for the end. We don't have to go through the, right, through exactly. the 14. Exactly. Um, I've got one that's a, really a play on words, uh, where it's called Feel Like Letting Go, which is off of Out of Control. And uh, just a nice theme of the uh, last song, our last show, Feel Like Letting Go. Moving on. That's made the main reason I put it in there. Feel like letting go off out on control and what i'm very surprised with is in all the years since the remasters came out we were lucky enough in the states to get reissues of out of control and let me rock mm-hmm. you they're also released in japan um we've never seen many lp versions of this i'm surprised that the japanese market isn't on this you know if peter chris is bowing out where are the mini lp cd reissues yeah, Japan, Tokyo, please. Would love, you know, make Julian happy. Make make, <laughs> make make me happy. You know, just press up ten copies and there you go. You know, the ten people who give a shit will buy them. Uh, good pick, Mark. Okay, so I'm on my second last pick now. Originally, the funny thing is I had Beth in this position and not last. But when I thought about it, though. Yeah, you know what? When you're going to be leaving your career, you know, you're going to go out with your most popular song ever. So obviously, Beth will be last. But in the theme of the songs being as tied to him as it is to Kiss, the next song that I'm going to put in here is Black Diamond. Because I think that's one song that everybody probably associates to him just as much as they do to Kiss. So I think that would be a good one to put second last. And then, obviously, we know what they're going to close with. Uh, that went really rude. You want to have Beth in a certain position. And... Wow. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah, I, I didn't mean it that way. Only you guys thought of it that way. No. Only I thought of it that way, but, you know, sad. But so he's also the one that referenced Nothing to Lose earlier at the back door as well. So. Uh, you know, some, <laughs> sometimes you just got to go there. All right, let's wrap up these sets, Lonnie. Um, same thing as Mark just said. I went with Black Diamond. Just as much Peter known for it as Kiss is known for it. The song he always sang when he was with the band, so... Black Diamond to me is an obvious an obvious choice. Perfect. Couldn't not say better than that. Jared, where are we up with yours? <clears throat> Next to the last. Uh, I'm going with uh, a Frank Sinatra song too, but I'm going with New York, New York. Oh, I think you'd have a lot, nice. You'd have a lot Very of fun nice. singing that. Yeah, I think that'd be a really cool song. I thought about having him close out with that, but he can't. He has to close out with Beth. He can't so. close out with anything other than Beth. Yeah. But, but do you think yeah. maybe a My Way into New York, New York segue? Yeah. yeah. That would work. That yep. Would work. Short songs, anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good picks. Two Frankie fans here, so <laughs> excellent. Mark, wrap us up with yours. Well, the obvious closer is going to be Beth, right? I mean, what other song can you associate Peter Chris with more strongly than the song that literally saved Kiss from possibly going nowhere after, you know? album stalled at one what was it 700,000 copies and then you know the Beth single comes out and it skyrockets again yeah you might have seen on the FAQ board this week that I'm writing the intro sections to Tom Shannon's Kiss My Wax the LP Bible book and I've actually been working on Destroyer today and what always strikes me is you know they they pontificated on the fact that Shouted Out Loud had boosted them to 892,843 mark copies. Okay. And they were pondering how the next single, Flaming Youth, was going to do for it. And obviously not that much because it took Beth, the uh, kind of, you know, certain members of the band have called it a throwaway. But Bob <laughs> has said it was anything but that, and they knew it going in that it was just uh, a good enough song to put on the album and it might well have been a sleeper which it totally was because what was the song that got Kiss play everywhere, their biggest hit until forever? Beth so Does he do it with a tape or does he do it with the band, the backing band or how does he? How do you think he would do it? I think he'd do I it with the band. band. I'd love to hear him do it with the band. Band. He's he's going to do it with the band. He's going to have a freaking bucket full of roses. He's yeah. this this is it. This is his signing off song, and it's going to be the one that saved Kiss. It's going to be the one that I, I can't say it saved Casablanca, but uh, because Alive had already done that. But it is the one that certainly saved Kiss and imprinted them onto the psyche. And I mean, come on, it was their only hit until. I was made for loving you. So two gold singles. One was Peter Chris's song, regardless of the work Bob did on it. And here's a really fun thing, and it'll be in the Rockologist book, but it's the one fact today that I want to kind of imprint on this song. Obviously, the original demo was called Beck. And what I didn't realize until I was really digging into this was Neil Bogart's divorce from his first wife, Elizabeth was finalized in September 1975 while Kiss were embroiled in their contractual battle with uh, Casablanca Records. So they had sent their letter of termination to the label 
and Neil Bogart had registered cases against several record labels in the New York State um, court system for trying to purloin the band. So I always wondered, you know, Beth, Beck, was it a little dig at Neil who just divorced his first wife for Joyce, who had been Kiss's co-manager with Bill O'Coin? So there's just a little food for thought. Interesting. So kind of makes sense, other than it being one syllable starting with the same first letter ending with the same sound. But there you go. So, Beth, are, are we united that that has got to be the last song that he ever performs, yep. or is he going to do like it? Is, is he going to do like Ace Frehley did and maybe have someone sing Love Gun during his performance? <laughs> he's gonna do no, that. Just to really piss off Paul Stanley. I mean, is, is Peter going to get that one last dagger in Paul's heart? Maybe he will. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to have my bassoon player sing Detroit Rock City. <laughs> and now we're gonna have someone sing Deuce. <laughs> now that, oh, of course, that would make that, that could happen. that would make me very happy because Deuce, of course, being my go-to Kiss song. Uh, or have someone sing God of Thunder just, just <laughs> well, well, who knows? I mean, who has um, Peter? I think has said that he is uh, still planning on finishing his rock album, which has been done with John Five. And, you know, he's worked on this through his male breast cancer scare, um, through his wife's cancer scare. So it's, you know, it's an album that's long been working. How does that kind of change your kind of thought about Peter? He's saying goodbye live, but are you still interested in new music from Peter? I mean, I guess as KISS fans, we're always interested. But Lonnie, would you be bothered if after the fact he you know he says goodbye to his all live i'm never going to perform again and then puts out an album no i wouldn't be bothered by that at all i mean he didn't tour for one for all so him releasing this album and finally finishing it and not touring behind it i don't need him to tour behind it um i i I think the same amount of people are going to buy that whether he tore behind it or not so I wouldn't have a problem with him releasing that after the fact at all. I'd, I'd love to get my hands on it. And I think most diehard or not, I'll, I'll, some diehard KISS fans would as well. Yep. Jared, what say you? Uh, I think it's a twofer. You know, here's my last show and here's my last album. Thank you, thank you KISS fans and Peter fans. And Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. So that's how I look at it. Thank you and so good night. I'm, yeah. Pretty simple. <laughs> Mark? Yeah, I think that uh, I wouldn't have any issue with it. I mean, we've been waiting for this so-called rock record for so long, it would be nice to finally actually have it in amongst the collection, right? Yeah, I think the part that shocked me the most was that he hasn't done any vocals for it yet. Which, you know, he he brought out the tapes to L.A. to play for John 5, and finish it, Peter. Don't, don't wait until tomorrow to do it get in there and do it because you know it's your voice it's your words it's your lyrics you know just do it because you know yeah i i want another peter chris album i I don't care that you're not going to tour for it i i don't expect you to you know 72 years old there's more important things to kind of think about but you know for a lot of fans let's finish on a high you know like we said with kiss or i said with kiss don't finish on psycho circus 
finish on something other than that, which, you know, obviously they did Sonic Boom and they did Monster. Peter Chris, don't finish on One for All. Finish on something else, please. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> Sorry, Lonnie. No, it's okay. It's my boss. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to. You open the door. I gotta say hi. <laughs> yep. So you can't just go. Oh, we'll, we'll go there. So. Back off. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's wrap this up. Uh, you know, you've heard a lot of our picks, and obviously there was a lot of crossover between the stuff we picked. We kind of picked, you know, stuff that could be done acoustically, stuff that would be electric, full-out rock, Peter, and emotional, Peter, with the orchestral backing. You know, we've missed out some songs. I mean, there's some pretty obvious stuff that has not been included in anyone's lists. You know, what are your... And I'm going to say, you got to keep it to 14 or less and give us the format. Do chime in on the FAQ message board or on Facebook, on YouTube, wherever you listen to this show. I want to hear what your your set list for Peter Chris's final performance would be. And if you want to go into the really deep and dig out some Barracuda's crap, you want to go into Chelsea. I, you know, he didn't sing any of that that stuff, so I really don't see Peter wanting to get out his bongos and do hard rock music. It, I don't know. He wanted to get out that that little, yeah, that little deal for uh, MTV Unplugged. So you never know. Anything's possible. I, I, I yeah, okay. You, you never know. But what is your <laughs> final set list for Peter Chris performing live? And uh, you know, when Peter does do it. Just be just be aware of the fact that when he does it, whether it's in Melbourne, whether it's in New York, he's going to do it his way. And if you're watching the videos on YouTube after the fact, if you're like me, who's going to go, I'm, you know, I, I'm taking a guess with me. We're going to enjoy whatever it is that Peter decides to do. I recognize that it's his occasion, not my opinion of what his occasion should be so i'm looking forward to seeing what he comes up with to give to the fans as his farewell so from jared thank you for joining us i hope you will join us on another episode that this hasn't put you off the whole kiss of you podcast thing (laughs) i'll be happy to rejoin anytime from high level production just remember that yeah I, I i am i am not going back and editing in nice versions of all those songs if you want to hear them buy the albums or go on youtube simple as that um we gave you a taste of some of the music but from mark from lonnie jared and myself we do thank you for listening and we will see you on the message board bye for now to the kiss epic you podcast today all sales are final there are no refunds if you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.